Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. The draft lottery was a stunner, Tony. How you feeling about those Knickerbockers? Tony Kornheiser. I missed it. Did we win? Oh, you could have been asleep. I mean, it was over. It was, it was, it was, there was drama at the end, though. You had to stay awake for about a half an hour. Did the Knicks win? Are you telling uh, me something I don't know? Not exactly. Okay. You're not getting Zion. You're getting, you're getting a tall, talented kid from Duke. You okay Good. with that? Good. Yeah, there you go. Makes me happy. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, did last night's lottery end tanking? Are the Warriors as good as they look? And what are the Jets doing? But we begin today with the New Orleans Pelicans sitting on top of the NBA world. With only a 6% chance, the Pelicans landed the right to pick Zion Williamson at number one. New GM David Griffin said he will try like crazy to keep the disgruntled Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Wilbon, was this a result that makes the league more compelling? Uh, Tony, I think it'll make the league more compelling just by having Zion Williamson in the league Agreed. wherever he goes. Agreed. And I, I said, we both said that yesterday. Yeah. And Tony, yeah, I think going to New Orleans is fascinating. It's the smallest market in the NBA by a lot. You know, New Orleans, and, and, and for all the wrong reasons, you know, since the tragedy of Katrina, I mean, it's like half the size of Green Bay, Tony. I mean, there's it, like a quarter of a million people max in New Orleans. But you've also got the on-court situation. And by the way, I think it was David Griffin who, who compared this to, he said, this is our Drew Brees moment. And it was like, wow, that means something, as you know, yep. in Louisiana and yep. thereabouts. Yep, yep. But Tony also, I mean, I think this is an enormous moment again for small market teams in the NBA, which make up a fairly large number, percentage of that league. And yes, I think this is compelling, particularly if they can keep Anthony Davis in New Orleans. And my feeling from doing some actual reporting last night and talking to the principals is that there's a really good shot of Anthony Davis playing alongside Zion. I wanted to give you a lot of time because I'm going to go in a different direction here. I'm going to invoke the name of your favorite football player of all time, John Elway. And I'm going to suggest to you that Zion Williamson, who I never heard last night say the following sentence, I'm eager and happy to be playing in New Orleans. I never heard anything like that. I am wondering if he wants to. If he wants to say, you know, I don't want to play in New Orleans. It is the smallest market. It has trouble as an organization. It has a best player who has worn a shirt that says, that's all, folks. Now, Mike, I'm not going to say that he can pick a team. But I'm going to say this. If he decides with the power he has as, as the most important player to enter the league since LeBron James, if he says, I don't want to play in New Orleans, and he says, I'll give you four or five places I want to play, go make a deal. I think he has the power to do that. I'm not suggesting he will. But I watched that piece about him where he said the two people he idolized were LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Well, what do they have in common right now? They have the Lakers in common. So I'm not going to say the Knicks because they got nothing because they don't have Porzingis anymore. But let's say he wanted to go to the Lakers. We know Anthony Davis at one point wanted to go to the Lakers. Let's say they want to play with LeBron. I'm wondering that could shake up the league in a way that I think would help it. And, and it's not small market, large market, because if he wants to say, I want to play in Charlotte, or I want to play in Denver, I want to play in Milwaukee, I, I'm okay with that. I'm just wondering, do you think it's possible he could say, I don't want New Orleans? No, I don't. And that's from talking to him and his father as recently as, oh, last night. They told so, you no, they want I, to play in New I, Orleans. I, you don't have to say anything in the moment after. And there might be some disappointment because you wanted to play in New York or you wanted to play in L.A. or you wanted to play wherever. It might be imme- immediate. 
Yeah. But you go and visit that community. Let me ask you this. You spent some time in New Orleans. Loved it. How many of those big time billionaire athletes have ever said to your face or anybody you know, how many of them have said it or acted on it and said, I want to get out of New Orleans? No. You let me know. No, it's great football town. Those are the only okay. athletes and, I and, know there. And the so New let me Orleans, just say this. The New Orleans basketball franchise has been nothing close to the New Orleans football franchise or LSU. Th- that's right, Tony. That's but a- there have been... There, you know, Russell Westbrook has re-signed to play in Oklahoma City. Yep. But people thought he would leave. He hasn't left. Right now, Giannis is in Milwaukee, another yep. small market. Damian Lillard just re-signed to stay in Portland. I, I don't even need to remind people that Tim Duncan won five championships in Little San Antonio. It's all true, Mike. Which everybody kept saying, oh, they should get out of there. It's all true. Well, and I'm not, Mike, I'm not saying he should get out of there. I'm saying if he thinks in his own mind. If he thinks. That's not where I want to go. He has the power to go somewhere else, as John Elway did, as LeBron James did, but he was in Cleveland and wanted to be in Cleveland. He was in Cleveland. That's That's right. So when you mentioned things in common, I'd mention that too. One of the immediate and overwhelming reactions last night was that the new lottery format will end tanking. Cavaliers, Knicks, Suns, Bulls, Wizards, even the Lakers late in the game all engaged in racing to the bottom of the standings in hopes of getting a better shot at drafting Zion. A few of those teams, notably my Bulls and Suns, went the other way and watched their draft positions worsen. Tony, do you think we are now done because of this format with tanking? So before I get to whether we're done with tanking in the future, this was a perfect storm to end tanking right now because there was one player everybody wanted, Zion Williamson. All right. And even if you were at the bottom, like the Knicks were at the bottom, you only had a 14 percent chance of getting him, which means you had an 86 percent chance of not getting him. The team that got him, New Orleans, won almost twice as many games as the Knicks and had a 6 percent chance, which isn't that much worse than 14 percent. So it did not help this year, Mike. But in the future, you're not going to get Zion. And in the future, you may get a deeper draft with seven, eight or nine pretty good comparable players. And in that case, tanking will still work because, it, the, you know what I mean? The pool is yeah, bigger than you I want. I agree. I agree, Tony. It depends on the nature of the draft. And if you get a pool that's deep like last year, then it could be incentive because you could say, hey, wait a minute. If I get the fourth or fifth it's pick, still I'm going to help, yeah. help my team. That's right. So I think it will lessen. I think it will cut into tanking. Uh, so I, I, but on the other hand, New Orleans tanked. They tanked. They decide to put their best player down, except for about 20 minutes a game in some points, and they wound up benefiting from that. Yeah, but they, had, their, they got lucky, Mike, because they had a 6% chance, so, so Tony, they got lucky. Anybody who wins a lottery gets lucky, and ultimately, the greatest chance people had recently was like 24%, so you're going to have to get lucky would you to agree win the with me? Would you agree with me that the NBA has put this in because of Philadelphia? That Philadelphia tanked year after year after year and accumulated high draft picks. And the only thing that saved the NBA was the people making the draft picks weren't as skilled as some others might be. I think this is a reaction to the whole thing that Philadelphia did. The process, I I don't, you know, Tony, I didn't think of it as being aimed at one team. Um, This has happened before, obviously, with LeBron, but you're, you're right. It's far and few between when you have a player so great that everybody That's wants once the every one 15, guy. 15, 18 years you get a guy where everybody wants the same guy. Yeah, yeah I, 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 don't, I don't think it will cut out tanking. I think it will reduce tanking. All the NBA news last night wasn't just about the lottery. The Golden State Warriors opened up their Western Conference final series by beating Portland convincingly, drawing away in the fourth quarter. 
Steph Curry and Clay Thompson dominated Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And the absence of Kevin Durant was not felt. Wilbon, are you persuaded the Durant-less Warriors are as good as they looked? Tony, I- I'm not yet. And, I- and what we've got is two full games and a quarter. We've got the quarter of game five in Oakland. And obviously we've got the great game, game six, six yep. in Houston. Yes, and now we've got game one. And look. The record, Tony, that number that we talked about yesterday, whatever it is now, 28 and 1, it's, Mike, it's, where Curry it's plays and Durant doesn't. Mike, you know what? That is actually an unbelievable number. Tony, it is, it is literally not to be believed. No. I mean, but I still want to go. I want a larger sample size. And I'm not doubting Golden State. Because if you leave Thompson and Curry open like that, and that has to do with, 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 with screen coverage and going under and not fighting through, those guys are open all the time. They were not open all the time against Houston, although Houston tried some trapping defenses that had no more success right. than last night's under pick coverage had. So they're going to have to change that in Portland. I know Terry Stotts, who we love, I certainly do, was a little snippy about that when asked. But, Tony, they got to cover those guys better than that. Let me go to the numbers, because the numbers are actually quite revealing in this. The Warriors guards, this is strength on strength, guards against guards. Warriors guards, three turnovers, 62 points, 47% shooting and 50% from three. The Portland guards, who were very good, but not last night. Ten turnovers, 36 points, 35% shooting. If it continues like this, Portland is cooked. And I, I think we need to mention this. What Golden State did when they got Kevin Durant could not be done by most teams. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were willing to give up their game for Kevin Durant because they knew he would make the team better. They did the sacrificing. They That's were the right. Splash Brothers, Mike. They That's were the right. greatest guards we've ever seen. Yep. And if they're alone out there, they can be that again. They can but aren't you amazed, though? You are amazed at what's happening, including last night, aren't you? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I, you're <laughs> Just, taking Durant off the team, and now yeah. you're back. But you're back to a team, Mike, that won a championship. That's right. And they was did. in the finals of another. In the finals of the next one. That's yeah. right. 173 games. How about this, Tony, for a headline? New York Jets descend into dysfunction. So what's new? A <laughs> big story What's out of New York today is that the Jets have fired their GM and VP of player personnel with the backdrop of Adam Gaze going straight Al Haig on the organization, skewing older, Tony, even though he hasn't coached a game yet there and declaring himself in charge of everything. Gaze, who stops just short of proclaiming his own genius, was 23 and 25 in his stint as a head coach previously. Tony, this is the team of your youth, you, yep. Mike Greenberg, and Joe Willie Namus. Yep. So go ahead, defend your squad. Okay, I've known you for 40 years. For 40 years, I've said this is all the Jets have. Apparently Just still. this. Apparently I, still. I don't know how you let people hire a new coach, draft Sam Darnold, sign Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> which looks good, and then yeah. kick them out. I don't, and then kick them out the door. And it oh, is reported, you know how. It is reported that Adam Gaze was upset that the Jets spent too much money on Le'Veon Bell. Hey, you're the coach. Shut up and coach. That's Watch right. some film. The what, other guys buying this? the groceries. Yeah, Tony, what? Tony, let me just say this. And I, I know this is going to rankle you a bit because even though you don't root actively and watch the Jets like a crazy man, like I do the Bears, you don't do that anymore. You'd still like to see the Jets I have a soft spot. Well. I have a soft you know, spot. You, of course you I do. do. I am going to root for specifically for Adam Gaze to lose every quarter of every game 
He plays. You spent too much money. I delivered you a game-changing <laughs> running Come back. On, what are you and doing? Yeah. this, you ungrateful what? little blankety blank. Yeah. I want them to no. lose every game. 0-16 the so New York Jets. So here's the thing. They've been terrible for so long that even when they're better, they're just mediocre. Oh, it's man. not. Nobody who's a Jets fan is surprised by this. Let's take a oh. break. But coming up, Tiger is about 15 hours from teeing off at the PGA Championship. What should we expect? We're going to ask Sir Nick Faldo. How about we have a sir on the show? Nick Faldo and Sir Charles Barkley, those two. We'll also ask him whether fellow players should have a problem with John Daly being in a golf cart. The Jets should hire Lewis Riddick. He should be their GM. He's good. Hire him. They're an embarrassment. Pardon the Interruption is brought to you by John Wick, Chapter 3. Every action has consequences. In theaters Friday. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. A year-long PTI investigation has revealed that the PGA Championship tees off tomorrow on beautiful Long Island. Let us welcome back a man who'll be calling it CBS Sports lead golf analyst, Sir Nick Faldo, who's played there in two Opens, not the PGA, of course. Let's start with Tiger, Nick. Tiger stayed away from the course today. He rested. He has not played competitively since the Masters. Do you think laying out like that is a, an advantage for him or a disadvantage? I, I go with disadvantage because, you know, golfers need to play regularly just to keep your golf muscles moving. And obviously competitively, it's a different ball game. It really is, you know, pulling out, you know, selecting the right club, making all those decisions, seeing how you react, the golf ball reacts, how your body reacts is all part of it. So to go in between uh, for a month now, you know, and he had to withdraw a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to play at Quail Hollow, but obviously his back wasn't, he wasn't walking well in one of those uh, kind of little interview things we saw. Um, so he obviously, he's obviously ruled by his back. And uh, to come and play this golf course um, without any competitive, real, real competitive preparation, I think is an uphill battle. Uh, so I think it and the start of the golf course is going to be a really tough test for him this week. So I was going to go to the course itself. It's a very long course. It's a very up and down course. But when you do get to the greens, the greens appear to be somewhat straightforward. If people get there, it's not going to be like. The yeah. nuance of the greens is going to kill him, or am I wrong about that? No, no, there's plenty. There's plenty of movement in the greens, but you're right. It's 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 it really is a tee to green. It's a it's a brute. It's it's nonstop. There's no let up. Um, even the shorter holes are very narrow, thick, rough, or they've got a smaller green. You know, one and two might be short, but they've got tiny little greens. Then you've got the third is a really amazing angle to that green as well. Uh, and then, of course, then you get to the long holes, and they start tomorrow morning. They may have the roughest start of the week. They're going to start on the tenth hole. You got ten and twelve, both you know five hundred yard par fours. It could be raining tomorrow morning. Might only be in the fifties for a while. So they there may be quite a few golfers 
starting off 10 tomorrow will be very happy to get through that first half a dozen holes, you know, unscathed. And then hopefully when the weather picks up, then, you know, we might be in for a really nice, uh, you know, weekend. I want to ask you, Nick, about John Daly and using a, a cart. Uh, Tiger seemed a little, you know, shaky about John and his use of the cart. I mean, and you play competitively in a great career for a long time. How do you think the guys feel about John Daly in that cart? And how would you have felt? I said the other day, a walking is an integral part of our game. Playing professional golf, walking is definitely part of it. I'm going to leave it at that. All right, good. That's a good answer. We agree it with is. that. Uh, we'll that get is. you out of here on this. Yeah. Um, from our perspective, we look at Tiger Woods, and, and Mike and I both root for him to win. We understand it's going to be real hard, and so I would ask you, if not Tiger, who do you look at, two or three people who you think they can win at Beth Page? Yeah, there's a couple of guys. Well, obviously, Brooks. It, Brooks is really my favorite. I mean, he just played last week. He, you know, he was focused on probably this week. He just went and played last week. Didn't add any more emotion to it than that and shot 20 under. That was perfect preparation for this. He can, he compounded all day long. And this is a man, you know, who, who has no negatives, you know, physically, technically, or mentally. There's only a few here this week, I think, who, who come really kind of free. Justin Rose is another one. Um, no hang-ups the way he plays. Molinari is another one. No, no hang-ups the way he plays. And there's a bunch of players, of course, who are really talented. You know, the Shoffleys and the John Roms and people like that, I think, will play well because it's long. Uh, they, they only got their next hurdle is, you know, trying to win a major. So they come, haven't got that experience. And um, uh, there's others here. To, uh, you know, fan favorites, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, who come with, you know, their games are just not quite on form and you're going to come and bring it to this golf course. So uh, uh, let's see how they do as well. So we we got a lot going on. Thank you so much for Nick. Appreciate yeah, it very, very much. much. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. CBS's coverage of the PGA Championship starts at 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday. Let's take one last break, but still to come, Chris Sale had more strikeouts through seven innings than anyone in history. Should Alex Cora have left him in the game? And is Giannis right that the Bucks cannot afford to lose tonight's game one against the Raptors? Well, but I don't know how you feel, but Nick Faldo, he's a Hall of Famer. He's like six yep. majors. If he says maybe Tiger should have played... I've got to believe maybe Tiger's going to play. Yeah, it's a little bit more authoritative than me saying. Happy time, people. Happy 50th birthday, Emmett Smith. When Emmett Smith retired in 2004, he was the all-time leading rusher in NFL history and had more rushing touchdowns than anyone in NFL history. And he still does. I don't know who else is on the Mount Rushmore running backs, certainly Jim Brown and Walter Payton, but Emmett Smith is on there, too. Tony, Emmitt Smith is definitely on, I mean, that's three-quarters of a Mount Rushmore. Who's the fourth guy? The fourth guy seems tough to arrive, right? Red yeah. Grange, can we go back that Red far? Red Grange, that's interesting. A not-so-happy anniversary, Dirk Nowitzki. On this day 11 years ago, you received your NBA MVP award in a subdued press conference ceremony after the number one seeded Mavericks had been eliminated in the first round by the Warriors. Revenge isn't exactly the right word. But three years later, when Dallas beat Miami, Nowitzki had the ring to go along with the MVP trophy. And because of the embarrassment of that ceremony, the MVP trophy is now given after the playoffs are over at some hokey award show. 
Tony, you can't believe how long ago that's been that Dirk won that MVP and he's still playing. Right there with Bill Russell, what a great picture that is. And Stuart Scott. Happy trails to a chance at the strikeout record for Chris Sale. Sale was pulled after seven innings, 108 pitches, and 17 strikeouts by Red Sox manager Alex Cora last night. Red Sox fans will focus on bad bullpen work that cost Boston the game. The rest of us will wonder how many pitches it might have taken Sale to get to 20 or 21 Ks. Well, Bonnie, he's thin and fragile. I would have pulled him. How about you? Of course I would have pulled him. There's a history, a long history, Tony. And, I mean, with Boston people, from the clubhouse to the fan base, think it's better for Sale to go on with a 21st strikeout or having him healthy enough in August, September, October, if this helps, to pursue a back-to-back title situation. I agree with that. We're running out of show. We go to the big finish. Let's do it. Giannis said against Boston, you can go down 1-0 and be fine. What a shot. But against Toronto, (laughs) it's hard. What do you expect tonight? I expect Milwaukee, Tony, to play a really great game one. I do. Vlad Jr. hit his first two big league home runs last night. You must be impressed with that. I am impressed. I'm, you know, I'm glad he's playing in Canada. His dad's great years, I think, were in Canada with Montreal, and he's at Toronto. Josh Rosen says he hasn't heard from Cardinals GM Steve Kime in months. What do you think of that? I hope this is only because Kime was allowing the new coach to handle it and talk to Josh Rosen. I hope it's not because he has that lack of class. I hope not. The Bruins beat the Canes 2-1 to go up 3-love in their series. Is this thing over? It's over except for the poop sandwiches that the oh, Carolina people have to I eat at this poop point. Sandwiches will be Last back. one, Sharks and Blues tonight. Series is tied at one. Who you got? Tony, I've been rooting for the Sharks. You know, I usually root against the rivals of the Blackhawks. Should I be bigger than that and root for the Midwestern team? Good for you, Mike. We're out of time. You're a big man. We'll try and do better next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or 